Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. I was going to call this sermon um, Loneliness the Dream Killer, but that seemed a little dark for Christmas. So, um, so I changed it to, to, to this. It's a little happier, I think you'll agree, called Dream a Little Dream. The Bible uh, says, uh, the writer in the Proverbs wrote this, you use steel to, to sharpen steel as one friend sharpens another. Steel sharpens steel as one friend sharpens another. There's a wise person that wrote that, probably inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. That's, there's something in that though. You use steel to, to sharpen steel and one friend sharpens another friend. What kind of friends do you have? Think about this, and this is how I'm opening this whole sermon, this whole idea at Christmas time today. Show me your friends, and I'll tell you how big to dream. If you show me your friends, I'll tell you how big you can dream. Right now. If you show me your friends, I'll, I'll tell you how big you can dream. I'll also tell you if you're going to weather the next storm that comes through your life. If you show me your friends right now. Show, show me your friends, and I'll tell you how big to dream. Now, I do need to back this up a little bit, because sometimes we don't dream big enough. Does anybody have, like, tiny dreams that are mostly about themselves? You know, like, when you're 20, you dream this dream that's like, I want to I be a millionaire by the time I'm 30, and go sit on a beach. That's awesome. That's also probably not going to happen. But even if it did, who cares? <laughs> I know y'all are thinking, like, I care a little. Yeah, I get it, I get it, but here's the thing about your life that if all you've been doing is dreaming about you, your dream is way too small because you yourself are way too small. Your dream has to be about helping other people. And at Venue Church, we say this, like, if it's not about purpose and you don't know why you're here or why you exist, who cares how much money you have? Who, care what kind of, who cares what kind of car you drive? Who cares? Who cares if, you, if your dream is only big enough that you could actually accomplish it in your lifetime? Who cares? If you could do it, then God's not in it. If your dream is so small that you could actually accomplish it in your lifetime, maybe God's not in it. Now, I should say this, that we live in this day where it's sort of this, um, you know, you can be anything. You heard this? You can do anything. Anything? Anything? I want to be an astronaut. You know, it's cute when you're five. When you're 50 and you're not an astronaut and you haven't taken any astronaut training. <laughs> it's time to add a little reality to the dream, I think. Like, eh, not everybody's an astronaut. I mean, I, can, I, I love Liverpool Football Club. Did any, anybody? I had an amazing week on YouTube this week because um, we played Manchester United a week ago on Sunday. I must have preached good that day because God blessed me and we beat Manchester United and sent them back to wherever it was they came from and their manager got fired the next day. All week long I was watching it on YouTube. You don't understand. You just don't understand. But I can dream about playing for Liverpool Football Club. But I was thinking about it uh, this week that maybe the only way for that dream to actually happen is if, because um, I can dream about it, but for that dream to actually happen, maybe a certain type of like plague would have to sweep through the world and <laughs> hospitalize, you know, 7.7 .7 billion people. So if I was left in the world with maybe like 190 plus people, you know, 100 people over 90. 
And if that was a tryout, I could play for Liverpool Football Cup. I could destroy 90-year-olds on a football field. Are you kidding me? I fall down, I get up, my hip's not broken, I'm okay. It hurts a little, I limp a little bit, but I could run circles around, I could score at will, I could do whatever I wanted to. <laughs> but in this world, okay, right? I get that we have to dream realistically. But here's the other, other side of that. I think God has this big, hairy, audacious dream for you that it would take more than just you and your lifetime to do. And I would rather aim for something massively huge and hit 50% of it than dream this tiny little dream that only involves myself and only helps myself. I mean, it's, here's, the, here's the deal. You want to be a fireman? That's good when you're four. I knew a four-year-old boy that, that he didn't want to be a fireman. He wanted to be a fire truck. Dream a little dream, but let's make sure that it's God's dream for you. Here's, here's what I think about sometimes, because I'm a pastor's kid, so I'm a mess. Here's what I think about, you know, at my graveside and at your graveside, what are people going to say about you? Like, yeah, he was great. He had lots of money, and I wish I had his car. So we're going to say something else. Well, no, that's basically it. Like, that's, he came, he left, he had a nice car. No, man, at my graveside, like, I want you all, I want you to be there. I want you to be crying. I want Aaron to be crying at my graveside. I want him to be like, there was, a, there was somebody who affected my life. Who's going to say that about you? It's not going to be the stuff that you had. It's not going to be your personal dreams that you could actually fulfill. It's going to be, what did you do? What kind of mark did you leave? We believe that your purpose in this life is to do two things, connect with God and connect with people. And we also think that you'll never find your purpose until you help somebody else find their purpose. That's what we think. And, and this has been true of our lives here, but here's the thing. If you spend your whole life without a dream that helps you connect God and people, I mean in a miraculous way, in a way that's way bigger than you could ever actually accomplish on your own, what would be the point of living such a, a smaller dream than that? I want people at my funeral to be like, I want them to be crying. I want them to be happy. I want them to like be like I was when I was here, you know, just all over the place. I want people to feel like without him, our family wouldn't have found Christ. Our marriage would have been broken up years ago. Our kids would be doing who knows what without him. Without him. Without him being in there at the, at the exact moment. Without that sermon. Without that. Whatever it is that God put you on this earth to do. Whatever it is in a room that you notice when you come in. You notice a broken person. I want that person at your funeral there with a healthy family. With a healthy marriage. Saying like, without them, this wasn't possible. Without them, I was never going to meet Jesus. I was never going to find my purpose. Dream a little dream. But the trouble is if you actually want to go after that big, hairy, audacious dream that God has for your life, show me your friends and I'll tell you whether you'll get it or not. Your friends will make or break it for you. Show me your friends and I'll tell you how big to dream. I'll tell you if you'll be able to weather the storm. Show me your friends. It's all about your friends. I'm going to preach a sermon next called My OS. Jesse and I have been working on this from production. My operating system, if, if you didn't know what that means. My OS. I was so excited about this. I feel like the Holy Spirit, if you hear me preach a, a brilliant sermon, <laughs> it's proof that God is alive. <laughs> I'm not the world's most brilliant guy. I'm a, kind of a pit bull, so if you give me something, I'm just at it. Like, I'm not going to let it go. That's about all I got. The Holy Spirit told me this the other day, and this is going to be the next sermon series. It's going to start next Sunday. So y'all coming out tomorrow, though, for Christmas Eve. But next Sunday, next Sunday, I really want this, this to, 
listen, this is what the Holy Spirit told me. Uh, we had, uh, I think Amy and Angela were over helping my wife with something. I was so excited I ran downstairs because, like, this is a big idea for the next room. We live in a world of, are you ready? Conditional love and unconditional blessing. So what we're doing is we're raising kids who have lots of stuff but aren't sure that they're loved. Time to hit reset on our operating system. It's going to be incredible. Love is not stuff. Why are you here? Your purpose. Your, if God gives you a big dream, what are you going to do with it? What would you even do with it? Well, your friends will, will make or, or break it. I can't wait to talk about quality of life, not quantity, next week. It's going to be, it's going to be good. What do you wake, what do you wake up and, and dream every morning? Do you have a dream in your life? Or did you just settle a long time ago? Today is the day that, that the dream comes back, but maybe what we need is an, is an upgrade in our friends because maybe God can't give you the dream because you don't have the right friends because if you have the wrong friends, it's even worse than not getting a dream is getting a dream and having it killed right immediately. And that's what happens. You know, I mean, uh, it says in the Bible, I think it's just wisdom. The seed, when, when the dream goes into the ground, it's a seed and it's easy to kill a seed when it's, when it's young. It's easy to kill a seed when it's young, but what do you wake up and dream about? There's a dream in somebody's heart to start a company to feed poor people. There's a dream in somebody's heart to grow up and, and be the mom that you didn't have. If somebody's dreaming about this shift in their lives that's going to happen when, when they actually walk into the dream God wants them to do so that they can make an impact and influence the people around them. Quit comparing themselves to everybody else and everybody else's gift and actually find their gift. Actually move into that. Somebody's going to have a dream today. What kind of a person do you want to be when you grow up? First of all, I don't really want to grow up. Your friends will make or break you. It was, um, when we first came to Airdrie two years ago, my daughters, I, had, I, had, I have four daughters. I have, I still have, but then I also had four daughters. They were in four separate schools, and uh, now they're only in three separate schools, so yay, winning. Um, but uh, when, when my older girl, she actually transitioned quite well into high school, but it was, you know, it's difficult, and we got there a month late, and so she's moving in grade nine kid, you know, fresh meat, into high school, and it's not like the hood, but, you know. It's Croxford, I guess. It's a great high school. And so, but she adjusted quite well. And, and Arwen's just like that. She would just kind of get along anywhere. And, and uh, Ailish had a little bit of a tougher time adjusting to middle school. And I was worried about her going into high school, which she did this year uh, in grade nine. And she, they don't know that I'm sharing this, but I'm their father. And I don't have to ask their permission. I have to ask Aaron's permission about it, but I don't have to ask their permission. And so, because um, I own them. Um, <laughs> But I also have this elaborate spy network that I get one of them to spy on the other of them and vice versa, right? And so, so Arwen is my spy for Ailish in school. And, and I talk to Arwen sometimes. And I'm like, Arwen, you know? And she, she'll come to me. Now she comes to me on her own. It's like a paid informant. It's a beautiful thing. And she's like, <laughs> she goes, Dad, Ailish has some pretty good friends right now. I'm like, she better. That's the stuff you don't say in your head. You just, you know, just don't say it out loud. Good. I, I like this friend, and I like that friend. and I. There was times in the past where she's like, I don't, I don't like this friend for Ailish. I'm like, I don't like her either. How do we get her out? She's an, she's an upgrade. It's funny, though, that, that Ailish had a great time transitioning to high school. Why? Because Arwen was already there. And Arwen even said this to me. She's like, it's a comfort for me to know that Ailish is there. 
It's just because I know, and this is what she said, that somebody's always got my back. Like, like blood runs pretty thick in our family. Even with my brother, who I make fun of all the time. And look, I love my brother, though. I'm the older brother. I get to make fun of him, and you don't. Because if you do, I'll mess you up. That's how that works. So I remember one time a kid picked up my brother, an older kid picked up my brother, and I came across this in the playground, and I think I was in grade seven maybe, and my brother was in grade four, and I'm just like, outrage. I'm like, I am the only one who picks on this kid. I am the only one, and not here. I'll mess you up, John Peterson. And I did. Mess, he kept spin kicking me and spin kicking me, and I just kept grabbing his leg and pushing him over backwards. I'm like, John, you gotta stop, I'm gonna hurt you. He just kept doing it, he just kept doing it, he just kept doing it. And my brother, I don't, you know, here's the thing about it, though. The right friend who sticks closer than a brother, that type of connection is possible, and it's possible right here in Venue Church, too. Can I say hello to the small groups? It's, it's possible so that somebody comes in on something, they don't even need your side of the story, they're with you. I, I don't care if Ryan did something stupid, I'm still with him, though. You're not going to hurt him. Are you kidding? You've got to go run through me to do that. And that's not going to happen, John Peterson, with your little spin kick and your terrible spin kicker. You know, Bruce Lee. There's something about it. There's something about it that the right friend, if you don't have the right friends, you'll never reach your dreams. But show me your friends and I'll tell you whether you can dream or not. Now, the, dream, the, the, the greatest dream that God ever gave mankind, because you, you think to yourself, well, God is all, you know, even God has three friends. The Trinity. Oh, you thought I was going to tell you. No, I wasn't going to say you there. No, he's got, there's the Trinity. He, he's not alone. That, that's unique about Christianity. There's God had three in one. So God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Even there he's got friends. But God is sending Jesus down on a suicide mission. And he's like, I've got this dream to re- redeem mankind. But I need to set up some, some friends for him. Because if he doesn't, even if he doesn't have the right friends, it's not going to happen. I need to tell this to Mary, and, and I need to tell this to Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mom, but if they don't have the right people, this dream is not going to happen, and the devil will be able to crush it before it even starts. Even God in heaven prepared, friends, for Jesus to come. You ready? During the, during the rule, Luke chapter 1, of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest assigned service in the regiment of Abijah. His name was Zechariah. So this is John the Baptist's future father. His wife was descended from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Together they lived honorably before God. Do your friends do that? Together. You can be married to somebody and not be together. You can have no conflict in your marriage and not be doing anything. I I worry about some of y'all that don't know how to fight. It's a predictor of an early divorce, actually, if, if you never fight. Why? Because you're not dealing with issues. Here's the other side of that. If you don't have something to pull you together to a common goal that's greater than both of you, how long do you think it's going to last? And even if you could get to the end of your life and the end of your marriage and without any conflict, who cares if you didn't do anything with it? Who cares if you didn't come together to live a vision that's bigger than just you? Having a happy day from day to day to day. Did you affect anybody outside of your family? Did you affect anybody in your community? Did you do anything with it? It's not just for you to be happy and peaceful. No, there's, God is at work to redeem people and to pull people back from the edge of death. But do your friends live honorably before God? Listen, careful. Are your friends careful? Or are they careless? If you have careless friends, 
You won't be able to dream that big. Careful in keeping the ways of the commandments. Oh, that's a good word. Do we like that word, Canadians? Not the 10 suggestions, y'all. It's 10 commandments. You command your kids. There's a reason you're in charge. Command your kids. Give them directives. Get better friends for some of them. Get spies in your own home and household. Do what I do, man. Just get involved. I don't think stuff through. I just get in there. <laughs> Somebody's going to take that the wrong way and be like, Pastor Corey told me. I'm like, whoa, whoa. That's, you know, you got to have like good friends around you to be like, uh, you're a little crazy right now. Um, and enjoying a clear conscience before God. Do your friends have clear consciences or are they doing stuff that they know they shouldn't be doing? You need an upgrade in friends. That's what you need clear conscience before God, but they were childless because Elizabeth could never conceive. I love that word, never thrown in there. And now they were quite old. So Elizabeth is in a tough place because her husband was a priest, and so her husband is like a professional Christian, like a pastor. (laughs) It is a blessing, though, that you pay my salary because you're out working in the world. And I spent years in in industry, and you're out working so that, see, I I can actually... Be in my office studying so that I can come out and preach next, next week about we live in a world of, it's going to be so good. I, can, I just want to preach it right now. We live in a world of conditional love and unconditional blessing. We just think it's normal because we're Canadian. You, you have a car. You have more than like everybody else in the world has. You have two cars? Oh my God, what do you do with the other one? It's a fun car? What is it? What's a fun car? It's going to be awesome. But her husband is a professional Christian. You would think if anybody would be blessed by God, that it would be her. But she's been dealing with this shame because you don't understand this here. Because here you can adopt children. You can, and and it's it just culturally you don't get this. But the worst thing that could happen to her, like one of the worst things in life that could happen to her, is if she wouldn't give her husband an heir. So you don't know the shame that's attached to this, but it's a huge deal to Elizabeth and to Zechariah. And now they're old, and now it's never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. Somebody used to have a dream. You, used to, you grew up in Sunday school, and then you kind of left the ways of God, and you, you used to have a dream to do something in this world. But now you feel like it's, it's just never going to happen. It so happened that as Zechariah was carrying out his priestly duties before God working the shift, assigned to his regiment came his One turn, this is his big opportunity, his one turn in life to enter the sanctuary of God and burn incense. His one shot at the big time, but something happens in there that he once in his lifetime he could do this thing. But an angel appears to him, and it's the angel Gabriel. I don't have time to go through the whole story, but it it freaks him out. We think of angels like these soft little tinkerbells, you know, like... Okay, every time that there's an angel that appears in the Bible, it says at one time that an angel killed 185,000 soldiers. One. Dudes are scary. You don't even know. Every person that an angel appears to is like, well, relax. It'll be okay. Just calm down. Like, okay. You just don't know because you've never seen an angel. So he starts prophesying. This, this angel, Gabriel, starts prophesying and, and telling him that, okay, you're going to have a son. His name is going to be John. And John the Baptist, he will turn many sons and daughters of Israel I feel like I don't have the scripture up there. I'm just going to read it to you. He will turn many sons and daughters of Israel back to their God. He will herald God's arrival in the style and strength of Elijah. Soften the hearts of parents to children and kindle devout understanding among hardened skeptics. He'll get the people ready for God. So even here, 
Jesus is going to be born in a manger, but nobody's going to expect him. Do you remember the last sermons that we've been preaching? Okay, well, I've been preaching mostly. You've been listening. But when Jesus comes to you, you're not going to expect him coming the way that he will come, even in the form that he will come in. The scripture says, like, there's nothing that about, about him that will attract you to him, not in a human way, not in the things that you appreciate, but in the things that heaven appreciates, absolutely. But even when Jesus comes, he's like, I need to send him a friend first to get in there and pave the way to start preparing the hearts of the people to hear the son of the living God. Because even the son of the living God can't come unannounced because nobody would actually be able to filter the message. And, and it says this, Zechariah said to, to the angel, do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is an old woman. Now, first of all, you can say that you're an old man. Don't ever say that your wife is an old woman. (laughs) Stupid. This man needs counseling. But see, this goes to show that that your friends don't have to be perfect. Watch what happens next year. They don't have to be perfect. But he immediately says this to to Gabriel. But the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I can say that like, I'm Corey. And nobody cares. I am Gabriel. The sentinel of God sent especially to bring you this news. I am an archangel of the king of all the universes. I'm fighting a war everywhere against the devil. I am busy. (laughs) And God's like, hey, I got something really important you to do. And I go like, go talk to this guy. That guy? Yeah, no, it's super important. Jesus is coming down. Oh, so I got to stop everything. Okay, he delegates, delegates, gets his, his war councils, and he comes down. And this schmuck, he's like, I'm too old, man. This is not going to happen. I am Gabriel. I Ubered down here. I got stuff going down. And I'm here talking to Knucklehead. Can't keep his dang mouth shut. He says, but because you won't believe me, you'll be unable to say a word until the day of your son's birth. Every word I've spoken to you will come true on time, God's time. But I got to kind of close your mouth first because if you open it, right? Because if you open it, see the beautiful thing about friends that God has for you is that they will help you process the dream and the vision before it's a reality. There's this tension you have to live in where you don't get to just start speaking because you'll start speaking something negatively and it's almost like a spirit of unbelief comes in and you, you kill, has, any, has this happened for anybody? I don't care if you're a Christ follower or not. Has this happened to anybody? You just say it to the wrong person and they start talking a little bit and it's like, well, yeah, but you know, you know, if I'm dreaming about something for Venue Church and I got some, if I'm dreaming, there's some of you I'll talk to and some of you I won't talk to because I don't need realists. I don't want to. I want to dream big, hairy, audacious dreams. I don't know you coming up with 50 reasons why that's not going to work. We're here, aren't we? That worked. Y'all said we couldn't. I might tell you the story about how we got here today. Verse 23, when the course of his priestly assignment was completed, he went back home. It wasn't long before his wife Elizabeth conceived. She went off by herself for five months, relishing her pregnancy. I wonder why she did that for five months, relishing her pregnancy. Has anybody, uh, I don't know this, I can't speak into this, relished a pregnancy? (laughs) <laughs> so this is how God acts to remedy my, was it my pregnancy with me, mom, or with Ryan? <laughs> no, it can't be both. No. <laughs> so this is how God acts to remedy my unfortunate condition. It's me, right? I feel like it's me. It's probably me. I'm allowed to say it. You're not allowed to say it. 
There's something about this so that you can't miss. Like, she was pregnant with a vision. This is kind of gross, but she, she was, I'm not a farm kid, so the whole thing is like, oh. Um, she was pregnant with a vision. So this is what the vision, carrying a vision makes you really uncomfortable. Everyone else is around you is comfortable, but there's something else that you just can't let go of. And it makes you uncomfortable, and it's kind of disturbing. And, but, see, but see, the vision to somebody who's got a dream, you, you can bear this uncomfortableness and this kind of solitude for a while because of the dream is greater than that. And so here, here's, here's what I know. Every, every Sunday, every sermon, i got to turn up the heat where you are right now because you'll never move and, until you're uncomfortable. And so having a baby after a while is just like, just get this thing out of me. I want this, ba- I want this dream to happen. I don't care if that I'm uncomfortable. Let's do this thing. Nobody have babies out there? That's what my wife said. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth. You remember the prophecies we've been talking about? To a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph and the virgin's name Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel said to her, good morning. Watch the response he gets from her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. We got some... We got some young girls who are like beautiful with God's beauty inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. Yeah, you would be too. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. Like, surprise, you're going to be pregnant. You know? <laughs> oh, the dream kind of comes like a surprise sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Like, what? Supplies. You're pregnant. You didn't plan it. <laughs> There's so much I'm going to say there, but it's all going to be offside, and I'm just not going to. You can't make me. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. So this is the greatest vision. I mean, you got to think about this. Who among all the human race that has ever or will ever be will be more honored than Mary? To bring forth the Messiah of mankind from her own body? Nobody else was going to receive this honor. He will be great. He will be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will rule Jacob's house forever. You remember Jacob? Was it last week? The wrestle, the one who wrestled with God. The one who contended with God. He will rule that house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? This is different than Zechariah's response. But how? I've never slept with a man. I think that's how that works. But I'm kind of young and teenage, and I think that's how that works. There's so much I want to say about that, but I'm not going to. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will, will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. How holy is this? See, born, born, he was called son of man and son of God. So born of Mary, but born also of the Holy Spirit, conceived of the Holy Spirit. So in that, he didn't inherit the sin nature that you and I inherited. When Adam and Eve blew it, they decided and passed down like a disease, sin. And sin always leads to death. And so from the line of the fathers, the sin comes. It's kind of a deeper thought. but So, so Jesus was born not of Joseph because from the line of the fathers, every, every son and daughter that has ever been born inherits a sin nature that separates you from God, then you partake in it. So it's like a double whammy. But, but this here is how he could be the son of God and the son of man. Partake in your suffering without sin. It's quite different. And then the, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son as old as she is? Everyone called her barren. L- listen, listen. I don't care what anybody has said. About, I don't care if your dad called you a loser and stupid. I don't care what anybody has said about you. God has given you a dream that I think only you can do. Don't make somebody else do your dream. You're special to God. Everyone called her barren, and here she is six months pregnant. 
She'll never get, she's never going to get, you're never going to get clean. You're never going <laughs> to, I love it. God's like, never? Saul of Tarsus, the worst guy that you know? Oh, never. Well, challenge accepted. Okay. You know, make him the Apostle Paul. You're going to write half of the New Testament and teach you. I'm God. I can do whatever I want. Nothing you see is impossible with God. Mary didn't waste a minute. You remember like today, don't concede today. She didn't waste a minute. She didn't, she didn't give in for a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country, straight to Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the baby in her womb leapt. She was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly. And then Mary does this magnificent song, which I don't have time to read. I just want to end on this little verse, and it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a lot. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then went back to her own home. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and went back to her own home. She stayed with Elizabeth for, for three months. I wonder, I wonder why that's in there. You ever read the Bible and actually like wonder like it's actually happening, which it did? I was like, everything in the Bible is not self-evident. You've got to put yourself in their shoes. And she went and stayed with Elizabeth for three months. So Elizabeth goes away for a number of months, relishing her pregnancy. I don't know if Zechariah was around or if Zechariah couldn't talk much, which is every woman's dream and a husband, I guess. Good listener. I took Erin one time to the River Cafe in Calgary, and it was her best birthday ever. Well, I had a wicked fever that day, and I just wasn't there. I was there, but I wasn't there, and I just listened for like two hours. That was the best birthday ever. And I'm like, what do we do? I can't remember what we did. I had a fever. I just listened. Just listened. How do we get so distracted sometimes? <laughs> Something about Mary, though. She goes to Elizabeth's house for three months. For three months, for three months, for three months, for three months. It's the beginning of a, a, of a dream and the beginning of a vision. And you got to watch who you hang out with in the beginning of a dream and a vision. And Zechariah couldn't talk, and God was was gracious because he couldn't talk because if he had opened his mouth, he'd just come up with a reason why this wasn't going to happen. And maybe it would have choked that faith that they needed right then, but there's this, this vision, there's this vision, there's this vision. But I realized, you know what, before, before Mary could hang out with the people of faith, before Mary could do this with Elizabeth, who, who also was experiencing a miracle before, there was just the three of them, just the three of them. You don't need a lot of good friends, but you need a few good friends who can dream. Just the three of them, they're together. Just the three of them are together. And and they only could talk faith with each other. They just pushed it. As, as iron sharpens iron, as steel sharpens steel, so friends, I mean real friends that God has for you, they sharpen each other. They're not dull. Real friends never will accept second best from you. Real friends don't care about how you feel. If you need the truth, they'll tell you the truth because they care about you. A real friend will never let you not get the dream. Go out and get it that God has given. They'll never be like, hey, just settle down. Just settle down and just be okay. You know what? You're a little bit too on fire for Jesus. You're, just a bit, you're too fired up. You want to feed poor people. You're just a little too fired up. You want to help. What do you, you need a little me time. And you're like, I don't need me time. I'll get me time in heaven. I need some people time. I need to help some people, man. This is why I'm here, to help people connect with God and people connect with people. I don't need any more me time, but at the beginning of the vision, you got to make sure that you're hanging out with the right people who will sharpen you up and sharpen that vision up. When God told us to come here, I had a vision. It was three years ago and two weeks ago. Three years and two weeks ago. And I walked out of the small town where we were living and if you live there, that's awesome. I'm glad that I don't. 
I love my little city now. I walked out of that town and, and I heard this word. I heard it was a super short word because I'm not a super smart guy. Go. That's what I got. Go. And I'm like, don't mess with me. God, don't mess with me. Go. And you know what? I look back now and, and God's vision, I didn't know it was supposed to be here and I didn't know when it was. And I, but you know what? The process that I had was the right process because I had the right friends at the right place. And this is how, this is how I did it. And this is how you can run a dream out. Go. I talked to Aaron first and I didn't talk to anybody else, but I went off site for some friends of mine that are down in the States who have a big churches. I talked to a guy named John Morgan, who was the Hillsong's first plant. I don't even know how I knew him, but I don't know. I took him for lunch or something. I talked to some of these guys and I'm like, here's what I think God told me. What do you think? These are all people who have done what I want to do in life. I'm like, what do you think? Every single one of them came back. I talked to six people in total then. Every single one of them came back and said, do it. You're supposed to do it. So I had this foundation. Do it. You're supposed to do it. And I sat on it. And I don't keep secrets, y'all. The only way I keep a secret is if I've completely forgotten about it. And you're like, he's really good at keeping secrets. No, I just forgot. I asked Erin one time, four times, if her best friend was pregnant. And the last time I asked, she was eight months pregnant, obviously pregnant. And I'm like, has she been just like eating too much or what's up? She's like, I've told you four times that she's pregnant. Four times is a bad memory. But this was a different thing. It was the beginning of a dream and a vision that includes you. It was the beginning of a dream and a vision. So what I did was I, I rolled it out there. It all came back the same way. And then I talked to my, my mom and my dad along there. And in 15 minutes, because what I was proposing to do and what I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted us to do was to stop doing church there and take whoever wanted to come with us, close it down, sell it, and come with us. And they moved here last spring, actually. In 15 minutes, I, I knew I talked to the right people. In 15 minutes, 30 years of their lives, you know what they said? In 15 minutes. They said, if that's what God wants you to do, then you go do it. And we'll help you do it. We'll help you do it. 15 minutes. We, we ran it out to our director's team. We had a retreat on, on um, January the 27th, I think. I don't know how many people there. Eight or ten people there. Most of them are still with us. Eight or ten people. Some of them in this room right here. And every single one of them said, do it. Go and do it. And I'm glad that I had that support because that night, all hell came on me. I mean, the world fell in on us that night. It was a Saturday. That night, the world fell on us. And it kept falling for just about two years. But I'm glad that I had the right people there that let me dream. But my dream wasn't about me. My dream was about you. And, and... My dream was about people that aren't even here yet because you haven't invited them yet because you're going to get a touch card at Christmas Eve tomorrow and invite them. And the first time I'm going to see them is next week. My dream wasn't about me. It was about you. And it was about the people who were to come, the people who have been so separated from God forever. And then I rolled it out to the, to the, the core team at the time. Some people, uh, most of them are still with us. Some aren't. Some could come with us. Some couldn't. Some didn't. Come, some should have. Some people are on that core team now from here. Some people weren't as involved then, but we, we stood in the back corner of this theater, which they told us we'd never get. Never? Never. I said, never. You don't want to rent this place out. It's the best building in town. I think we need this building. Two days later, they said, what can we do for you? 
Never. Tell me never. I love it. Tell me it can't be done. I got the right friends around me. We stood back there, about, th- about 30 of us stood back there. And I said, this time next year, it was an April Fool's Day. I gave everybody a, a, a mixtape and they listened to it on the way here in the cars that they came in. And I'm like, the clues are in the mixtape where we're going. There was no clues. I was just messing with everybody because it was April Fool's Day. And so everybody's here and they're like, what was the mixtape? All the songs, they were trying to put the words together. I'm like, I was just messing. I just, there were fun songs. I just threw them on a mixtape. And so we got here and I said, in a year's time, we'll be doing church here. And it actually turned out to be less than a year. We'll be doing church here and we won't be doing it from where we came from anymore. Mic drop. And then one person starts clapping. And everybody starts clapping. They're like, yes, we had more in us. Yes, yes. What have we been waiting for? Nancy was so excited, she tried to run up these stairs and messed her legs up. She just skinned her legs all up. Why? There's something about a dream that when you got the right people around you, they'll light your dreams on fire. They won't make you go back. They won't let you go back. There's something about the dream that God gives you, but somebody needs to upgrade their dreams. But it's interesting that Mary couldn't get her, her new friends until she left her old friends. She had to leave them for a time. And Elizabeth bears John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, when Jesus comes on the scene, I was just reading it this week in my devotions. John the Baptist comes on the scene and his disciples start getting upset because John the Baptist was a big deal until Jesus comes on. And his disciples are like, you know, some of your best friends, you might not hang out with them every day, but they'll be there when you need them. And his disciples are like, John, Jesus is baptizing more people than we are. And John's like, good, that's the point. Some of his disciples are like, John's like, well, go follow him. He's way greater than I am. Do you have people that push you forward into your dream? He prepared the way of, Jesus knew that when he came here, there was somebody who had his back. Do you have the back of somebody with a dream? Because I'll bet you that your dream might be tied to their dream. And if you won't help them fulfill their dream, I don't think that God will help you fulfill yours. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person here that you would give us a big, hairy, audacious dream that, that affects more than just us, that we would beware trotting the dream out in the early stages to the wrong people, but that we would surround ourselves with people of faith and people of vision and people of grit and determination. Father, I pray for every person here. I know that, that there's somebody who's got a dream that died a long time ago. Well, it's time for better friends now because you have to restructure before you get the dream sometimes. And I pray, Heavenly Father, for every person here that for the dream of, of Christ to come through at Christmas time in our lives, for us to become effective, for us to do everything that you want us to do, Father, I pray that you would open our eyes to people that are around us that, that we need to get next to. The thing about having good friends is that they already have good friends. And I have to be a great friend if I want great friends. And I pray for Heavenly Father for that today in Jesus' name. That we would all come together with one dream, Father. All of our little dreams coming together with one dream to build a church that honors God and reaches lost people and engages people who are unengaged with the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca slash give. Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.